Maka and Zoya spent time with Carmen from Uruguay, a powerhouse of a guest. Carmen is a self-proclaimed dreamer who is immersed in changing the world for the better for women in Latin America and beyond. Join us in this episode as we journey with Carmen through her experiences and fascinating insights. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. I'm very happy to open this new episode of She Rocks Global. Today, I'm here with Zoya. Zoya, how are you and where are you sitting today? Hello, Maka. I'm in Belgrade at home. Uh, I have a little bad cough, not COVID-related, but uh, I'll try not to interrupt the audio of this episode with it. But I really look forward to today's conversation. Thank you, Zoya, and welcome back. I'm here in Maldonado in Uruguay, and today I'm so happy to introduce you to our guest, not only because she's Uruguayan, but because of her journey, it's a women I admire a lot. Welcome, Carmen Correa, to this episode of She Rocks Global. Uh, welcome on board. How are you today? Hi, Maka. Thank you very much for this introduction. Hi, Zoya. It's a pleasure for me to be here. I really like to to be sharing with you all my my story my actually my journey and i'm delighted to being invited to this podcast it's really a pleasure to join this conversation with women who i really admire too quite literally uh, and changing the world thank you and for to start right now can you introduce yourself and share a little bit about you about your journey what you have done uh, and why is that I'm so proud to have you here today? Thank you, Maca. My name is Carmen Correa. I am the CEO of ProMujer, a wonderful organization working to advance gender equality in Latin America. I'm a dreamer myself, and for many years I have aimed to tend to the needs that persist in our organization. I believe that we can challenge the way things right now and actually could be done. Undoubtedly, these dreams become clearly after several experiences in social organization. I started my, my work at the OAS, Organization of the American States in Uruguay. Then I jumped to Washington DC and start working at the Inter-American Development Bank. I live abroad for seven years actually, but then I felt I needed to come back to my country, back to the region itself, to put my feet on the region where the projects are actually taking place, where things are it's where things needed to be changed. So therefore, I came back to Uruguay with my husband, to my country, closer to the causes, closer to the problems. I was passionate about uh, giving back, actually, what I have learned during these years abroad. And I started working here at derremate.com in the middle of the internet bubble. So it was, this was in 1999. It was where everybody wanted to be because uh, it was, as I said, in when internet was starting actually here at the Lat in Latin America, it was a race in between two companies, Terremate.com and Mercado Libre. So I learned a lot because it was building something from scratch, building a completely different type of company. And actually it was 
a race in between two companies that wanted to conquer the world or actually at least the region. So I, I work with a very young team. We work like hell trying to develop the company. And I start learning about this world of entrepreneurs. I start to immerse myself in the entrepreneurial world. And we started with, uh, with nothing at all, and we built it up. So suddenly the city was uh, actually with tons of knowledge about how you can use the, the internet to sell different products to actually access access the market so being part of this project it was like a, a, a huge thought for me it was key for me to realize the opportunities out there and how you can actually access the world through the internet after that I started with Endeavor in Uruguay at a moment when nobody beyond us were, were talking about entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship. So we needed to explain, explain what an entrepreneur was. And we actually developed the entrepreneur ecosystem in Uruguay. So it was an amazing journey because today, uh, most of the young people, they, they believe they could be or they can become an entrepreneur. And there is a journey, there is a route. There are several organizations supporting different type of entrepreneurs in the different levels there are even courses at the university there are uh, pre-incubators at the universities there are different types of organizations supporting different type of entrepreneurs after that i joined avina another amazing organization international organization i was also uh, leading the organization at the Uruguayan level, but I was also asked to lead the uh, inclusive markets regional strategy. So I get to know entrepreneurs beyond Uruguay in Latin America and wor be working with very small entrepreneurs in different, uh, in different sectors, such as recycling, uh, sustainable energies. Um, so it, it was an amazing journey too. This is an organization that supports sustainable development in Latin America with different uh, also uh, strategies at different levels and uh, with different themes that are of interest for the sustainable development of the region. So uh, I, I, I always say that I'm very fortunate because I was able to select where I wanted to be working. And after Avina, I joined Promujer. So through Promujer, I was able to immerse myself in everything that has to do with uh, gender. So I really appreciate this being so open and, and so lucky to be selecting the organizations I, I wanted to be. Carmen, um, this is uh, an astonishing biography, really. And I need to ask um, when you, I'm sure that it wasn't just luck. Uh, the reason why you were uh, able to choose the organizations uh, 
that you were working in. Uh, so if you can tell us uh, what besides luck uh, allowed you to make the to to be the one to choose where to work because that's something that all of us are aspiring to do. You know, moving. Um, forward where we want. So what is it that made you so special? I think that the the lucky part is that I was able, money for me, it was not my driver. It was not the salary what drives selecting where I want to work. In some cases, I didn't even know what my salary was going to be. But it was the organization I, I wanted to be. So beyond the position you were going to offer me, beyond the salary I was going to be earning, it was the organization, it was the, the projects itself that the organizations were leading, it was actually the objectives of the organization, the values of the organization that drive my decisions or of being working in one place or the other. So for me, I think, and, and the lucky part is that I didn't look at the salary, maybe because I, I was in a position that I was able to not be looking at the salary. In some cases, actually, you need that income for different things. And, and in my case, that is why I say I was lucky because, but I think that everybody could be doing that because actually, if when you select things, you don't do it because of a salary. You don't do it because of a position. You do it because you believe in the cause, because you believe in the organization, you believe in the values. I think you will be in a much better place. The salary, the positions will come later. I can assure that because it happened to me in every case. So that is something that will come later. Uh I, I am such a fan and I, I can say because when I started working and in, in the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Uruguay more than 10 years ago um, and I started working in this gender industry um, and, and, and all the, the challenges we have as female, I remember asking myself like how many ladies I can look up to and, and I remember Carmen you were one of the few and and do you think you are, you are sharing that you are not only a dreamer but you're also like an early adopter because when you started talking about entrepreneurship or ecosystem or community or collaboration, nobody spoke about that in our region. I know that because you really like build it from scratch. So thank you for that because we don't have a lot of like inspiring leaders that are female, but also that are real because you could also have a coffee with Carmen at any time. I know I work at Endeavor. She wasn't working there yet already, but everybody would speak about when Carmen was there. The, the the managing director of Endeavor. So definitely you make a change there. And the thing that you are you are used to or, or your purpose drives you, you know, the things you were you were sharing about um, falling in love with the problem, falling in love with the, the challenge and not only the money or, or the position. Um, it's very risky to start things from scratch. You know, they think that, uh, and I want to know and, and you to share because I, I hope that we have a lot of dreamers on our audience. What frightens you? And every time you need to start something from scratch and what, uh, uh, what suggestions you can give to somebody that it's starting something from scratch? Well, 
I, what frightens me or what scares me is to be quiet, actually. <laughs> I'm very active and not being, not being able to be moving, not being able also to be free of moving, of selecting what I want to do. That is what scares me. Um, actually, also what scares me now or what frightens me it's uh, when i don't learn i always look forward to be and to keep learning from others because every day i learn i learn from the women we serve i learn from my team i learn from every possible i learn i'm learning here i'm learning learning from you i learning from others so that is what scares me and indifference because I think the world needs people, businesses, leaders who are willing to work closer, closing these gaps and uh, working in, in just in increasing the opportunities. So what scares me um, it's that if I don't keep moving, if I'm not free to select where I want to be, that is what frightens me or that is what may scares me. <laughs> mainly <laughs> i love it i love it um and who who helped you get here because something we believe in she rocks and it's that we can help others build bridges especially as female how we can create collaboration uh, and i know you and i know that you are very well connected and you are very generous to connect other people uh who helped you get here well, actually, tons of women, let me tell you, <laughs> because my my first boss at the OAS was a woman, the the representative of the OAS in Uruguay at the moment when I started working was a woman. The, the person where I started working at the IDB was a woman. I started at the IDB at the microfinance department, so I got, I get and to learn a lot of microfinance because and it was the, the person leading there it was a woman also uh, i started also in in endeavor looking forward to a woman a leader like linda rottenberg i started yes. working also at avina and the leader there was a woman so and here at promujer i started with Maria Cavalcanti, my predecessor yes. here at uh, uh, Promujer. And also, she was the one helping me. She was a mentor for me. So, yes, I think that fortunately, tons of women and, and women that actually, when I was young, were role models for me. My mom, my, my grandmother, but also very strong women working at a sector that usually it's not where women are, like the agricultural sector. My part, my father is an agricultural engineer. I was able to go to the to different farms led by women. So for me, women are kind of the ones that have helped me and have been the role model for me along the, the my my journey. <laughs> And Carmen, uh, I, I love what you just answered. And I have to say that uh, in my life, it was as well, both men and women, but women in particular, like the ones who were making a difference. But I'm sure you've heard 
a lot of times women saying that women uh, are their own enemy and that they that that working for a woman or in a group of a woman of women it's um, difficult to be in or difficult to advance in uh, and uh, I, I have to say that a majority of the people we've interviewed here uh, doesn't agree but what do you think uh, are the main reasons uh, was it again, would you say it was a luck that you ended up surrounded by those types of women? Or was it something in your approach uh, that was uh, inspiring women uh, to support you? I think it was my approach to things. Uh, if I have to share actually my my whole story, when I when at home, being at home, working here in Uruguay, my first job at Yoas, when I came home and I said, I'm leaving the country, I'm going to the US to be working at the IDB, I received the message, you're crazy, you have a great job here, you should stay. But I actually felt that I needed to go back, to go away and, and to be working abroad. When I said, I'm going back to my country. Oh, Carmen, you're crazy. There is a huge <laughs> economic crisis in Latin America at this moment. What are you going to be doing? I want to go back to my country. And I came back to my country. And for example, when I came back to my country, it was very difficult to find something because actually there was an economic crisis in the, in the region at that moment. It was 1999. And when... I found someone like Pancho Rabeca, Francisco Rabeca, that was in the same position as myself, coming back from living abroad many years. And we met, we haven't met before, we met each other and we said, okay, what can we do? And we start working with different projects, not having any idea at all if we were going to be successful or not, but we believe in ourselves. So I think that something that it's very important is that you have to believe in yourself. You have to be sure that whatever decision you take, it's your decision. It's not the decision of someone else. It's not because someone else is pushing you to take that decision, but it's because you believe in yourself and you believe that that is the place you have to be. So for me, it's something, it's your attitude. It's how you believe in the things you have to be doing in the places you have to be. So, and everything went very well, but it's because we believe in ourselves. I'm so happy you, you brought this about believing in ourselves because I, I, in my own experience, same happened. Once I paid attention to the conversation with myself and what kind of things I was telling to myself, you know, like about if I was able to do it or to achieve uh, X, X challenge, everything changed. So I think that's amazing. And Carmen, you sound so confident, so purpose driven. Um, I want to ask you, what frightens you right now? Like in which challenge you are working right now? Well, we are working in so many challenges <laughs> at the professional level, because as you know, despite many improvements and developments in Latin America and gender equality, there is a lot, a lot left to be done in the region. For example, we still have 
actually 50% of the women participating in the labor market. There are still 70% of the women entrepreneurs that don't have access to the needed finance. We still earn less money than men, actually like 20% less than, than men in, in the same position, in the same companies. We still have a very small percentage of women in uh, leadership, uh, in, 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 in management positions, actually, in, in the companies here in Latin America, only 15% of those positions uh, are uh, le led by women. So we still have tons of things to be done. Actually, COVID and the pandemic, uh, they, it put at all on us and on the advance of uh, what we have achieved in the last year. So we still have so many things to, to be done that I'm looking forward to keep working, to keep working hard in order to change this reality, in order to advance on gender equality. So as I said before, what frightens me if I don't do anything, because I think <laughs> that I need to be part of that change. I need to be part of that change for, for every woman out there, for my girls. I have three kids, actually. I have been with my husband for more than... 30 years now, and, and I'm very proud to see that they will have more and better chances that I did have before. So Carmen, uh, just one question. How old are your kids now? 20, 18, and 17 years old. <laughs> okay. No, uh, uh, I mean, for me, um, as you know, the, the reason why we are doing this uh, She Rocks uh, podcast and uh, and something that connected Nuabisa Macarena and me is exactly this what you were just explaining how to give women more power uh, in many different ways and one one of the ways we are trying uh, to do is to showcase that we are all perfectly imperfect because somehow we women uh, tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves and tend to be uh, harshest when it comes to judging ourselves. Uh, so the reason why I asked uh, uh, about the age of your kids is that uh, I remember when I was uh, younger, like uh, up to 25, I, I didn't believe that there is a gender discrimination. And then I entered, you know, as I was progressing in my career, then I realized, oh my God, there is such a huge um, discrimination at work, which we are so used to that we don't even notice anymore. Uh, but then I said, oh, the most important thing is to find a good partner with whom you will be equal. And then I got a kid and then I'm like, oh, my God, so many <laughs> things are the situation now is even worse. So there is a new layer of fighting uh, uh, to get to this uh, level of equality. And uh, for me, where I'm standing right now is it will <laughs> never get to a perfect place for my generation. But I'm hoping that once my kid is old enough, things will get uh, better. But how do you look at it? How many generations do we really have to, to wait to get to this, at least the level playing field? Yes, and, and actually, I'm, I'm very, I think I'm worried. I'm still very worried about these unconscious biases that we still have because because of the education we receive, because of the society, how it is, 
And, and one thing that also worries me about the the new generations, the, the younger generations is the digital transformation because oh. it's digital transformation is very much needed. It's something that can actually improve the way we are living, how we can succeed, etc. But it also has, it worries me because, for example, when I see uh, in a restaurant, three young kids, and instead of interacting among each other, they are in their phones and not paying attention to what is going on at that moment, at that place. And instead of that, they are actually or either playing or talking to someone else. So that that is what worries me because I think that we need to move forward with digital transformation. And one thing that, that worries is that what the negative effects that it can generate beyond i know very well that it can generate very positive effects and and very positive results but on the other hand it's very for me it's a responsibility to not not um, having someone left behind because digital transformation, we work with, for example, underserved communities. So digital transformation, it's something that can, for of course, improve their way of living, improve their lives, improves how they can access to different services. But on the other hand, in some cases, it's, diff it's difficult for these people to access the technology, to learn how to use the technology. So, for example, in the case of Promujer, we are do doing a huge effort to uh, give women the necessary tools and the necessary access to this new technology, because we have to secure that nobody is left behind. I'm so happy you brought this about the digital gap because it's also about intersectionality. Like it's not only about being female, but also now it's about where you've been born and the, like new gaps are appearing. And the thing about being present, that's something like we are, we want to believe that we can be multitaskers, you know, and it's something that if you are not, you are like, you are behind, but still I think it's the other way around. So I'm happy that somebody like you has it so clear and spreads the word uh, about it. Uh, Carmen, what do you think we can, uh, I don't know if it teach, but um, maybe bring to the table what kind of solutions we can uh, showcase to the rest of the world from Latin America, thinking about Promujer, about the challenges, which learning you believe we can uh, share with the rest of the world because of our own journey as Latin America? We have tons of things to learn and to share with other countries and with other regions from Latin America, actually. We have been developing, in the case of Promujer, for example, uh, we have been developing uh, different uh, financial instruments to secure financial inclusion, but it's not only Promujer. We have more than 1,000 uh, microfinance institutions. We have tons of fintechs being developed in Latin America. So I think there we have tons of knowledge, lessons learned that we can share with other continents. We have also the opportunity to share how the, the type of, for example, in the case of Promujer, we are always uh, giving our service through a holistic approach and we can share 
with others. And there are other organizations doing the same, giving different type of services that guarantee that it's not only about financial inclusion, it's about uh, different services that can provide this holistic approach, this comprehensive approach that it's needed in most programs. Because if you don't think and you don't develop and provide services with this comprehensive approach, it's not enough to be given something very specific if you don't complement that with um, something else. So I think there there is a lesson to share also because for us for example is financial inclusion health services and also training and giving the entrepreneurial opportunities and for other organizations it could be something else but the when you are helping and providing services to to a person you have to think of that person with different aspects and from different uh, from different uh, angles. So that is very, I think that is very important. And there are tons of things to be shared actually with uh, other other countries and other regions from Latin America. There are lessons learned, very good lessons learned. Amazing. I was asking because uh, ourselves uh, in Latin America, we tend to think, and, and this is something we also share with Navisa and, and Zoya because of the countries we come from, that we need to look up only to the United States or some countries in Europe. So I always try to, to recap on that. Uh, Carmen, to start wrapping up our conversation, uh, I'd like to know um, what makes you rock? Oh, what makes me rock? It makes me rock to keep working for gender equality in Latin America. It makes me rock to have my, my family closer and close to me. And there are days that I really wish I could be doing more, uh, but I also know that uh, we have to be working with others. We have to partner. So also what rocks me is to be looking into these potential allies, these partners that can be working with, with us, with me, and actually doing that, we can even generate a bigger impact. So it makes me happy to be reaching different communities, different areas where inequality is, 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 is something that we need to be working on. And actually that is what it rocks me. It rocks me when I go to the operations of Promujer and I get to know the stories behind each of the women we serve. I love Carmen, how you started and ended with the same thing. And that's your passion and mission. And that, that, that the reason you are always choosing something you're passionate about is, is what uh, makes you achieve amazing things. So uh, this is a, a, a really nice uh, way to, to wrap it up, as Maka said. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I'm leaving it now to Maka, but thank you so much for, for sharing everything you did. Thank you for the invitation. I was, I'm was i delighted to be here. Carmen, thank you. Uh, for me, as an Uruguayan, it's an honor. As a female leader, it's an honor. As Brava co-founder, as Shirok's global co-founder, it's an honor. Uh, not only because of you, but also all the things you are doing in Promocare. We also invite everybody to check the amazing work we are doing in Latin America. Uh, 
I hope this is the first of a lot of conversations. Count on Shirox global community to spread the voice. And I hope that we keep on having this amazing kind of leaders. Thank you, Carmen. Very Thank much. you very much, Maka. It was a pleasure to be here and to share a little bit of my story, personal story. Thank you so much. Thank you. Shirox Global is a podcast collaboration produced by Maka Botta, Nwabi Samayema, and Zoya Kukic. This episode of Shirox Global was recorded remotely and was mixed by Priya Patel of 400 Seats. Theme music for this podcast is composed through a collaboration between South African musician Nosihe and Hannah Sikasa from Germany. Mixing engineer is T Luminous. Shirox Global is a podcast that showcases perfectly imperfect women from around the world. You can contact us through our LinkedIn and Instagram accounts, handle Shirox Global. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, keep rocking.